0: Welcome to the OT Helpline. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I hope you find this podcast very helpful. And if you don't know anything about me, um, I also offer tutoring services. So if you or anyone else um, is in need of some assistance, you can visit my website at www.alexotexamtutor.com for more info. But for today's episode, I will be interviewing a special guest. Uh, She recently passed her board's exam and will be sharing her story and advice on her journey of becoming an occupational therapist. Um, without further ado, welcome Rachel to the OT Helpline podcast. So how does it feel to be on your first podcast?
1: <laughs> um, it feels really exciting. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm definitely excited to, um, you know, share my story and, and my journey to get to this point. So it feels pretty good
0: (laughs) one of the things that i wanted to ask you about is um oftentimes a lot of people when they enter this profession they usually do it because um they want to they love the idea of helping people become independent and helping them reach those goals so what led you choose this profession in the first place
1: well of course i you know want to help wanted to help others definitely um I actually found out about OT because I was in the last semester of, um, my undergrad education and, um, I needed to complete some hours for, um, for my, um, what was it? It was like an internship and I, I still needed like 45 more hours. And my sister was like, you should check out physical therapy. So over Christmas break, I had gone to, um, it was, it was like a skilled nursing facility where my neemaw had been after she had um, her knees replaced. And um, I was able to observe there and I was observing physical therapy. And, you know, I liked it, but I thought, well, do I want to do this enough to get to, you know, go through like, like three or four or however many years of really hard schooling to do it. But then across the hall was like the OT room. And I went over there and I stayed there for the rest of the time because I just loved OT. I loved how it combined the science, but also the creativity. I I just love the creative aspect of it. I love that we get to be creative to help our patients with their unique needs. Like we can help them in in a way that is unique to them and we can come up with, you know, Sim- very simple adaptations to very complex you know adaptations or we can change the activity grade it up or down you know to to best help them um that's yeah. that's what i love about it
0: it's amazing how much of a difference you know we we do in our profession like um and i think one thing that you mentioned about the creative aspect is very true like we try to find different ways to um, help other people in need. And if you guys ever look on YouTube, there's like so many things, so many creative ways to help a person become independent, or you can read about it in, you know, like research and stuff like that to kind of get a get a kind of get an idea of how to help your your patients. Now you recently took the board exam and you passed it. Congratulations. That's a big thank
1: deal. you.
0: As far as your past experiences go academically, how did that help you overcome the OT board exam?
1: Well, my academic journey has been kind of a long and grueling one to get to this point. I really struggled in my undergraduate. You know, one of my friends in undergrad had said to me, you know, Rachel, I, she was like, I I know a lot of people struggle, but I feel like you struggle more than others. (laughs) That was kind of validating. Yeah, that was kind of validating for me because I was like, man, yeah, like I do. This is really hard for me. (laughs) Um, But anyway, You know, I found out about OT that year and I decided to apply to grad school and I kind of, you know, I did it very, like I had like two weeks to apply and I ended up getting in miraculously, even though my GPA was like, my GPA was below a 3.0 and that was in 2008. So that was a while ago. I got in and I I still struggled my first year of grad school. Um, It was still really difficult and I was like barely hanging by and actually at the end of my first year, I ended up getting dismissed from the program and, you know, when they called to dismiss me, they just really made it seem like I had no future in the field of OT, but I knew you know, I knew deep in my heart, like, this is what I was meant to do. So I actually got a job as a, um, a tech working in acute care. So I got experience with OTs, PTs and speak. And that gave me more hands on experience. I also got diagnosed with ADHD shortly after being dismissed from that program. And then I, I got to make relationships with um, other therapists that That also encouraged me and in, you know, they were like, don't give up. If you want to do this, keep going for it. You know, they really encouraged me. And then I ended up getting into the Coda program um, here in Tulsa. And I completed that program and I actually made like a 4.0 in the academic portion. I was like, yeah, like I finally made it. I did it. (laughs) (laughs) And then I got to my first field work, my first level two field work. And it was Probably the hardest eight weeks of my life. I mean, there were other like, there was a lot of reasons why it was difficult, but it just was really hard and they ended up not passing me. And so I ended up having to retake it. So I got a bonus third field work, but I still was able to graduate and everything. And then, you know, luckily I did pass my CODA exam on the first try. And then I had that one private, t- I had a private tutoring session with you right before I took my OTR exam recently. You know, I was freaking out because I thought like, I'm not, you know, I had done, my scores were okay on, on some of the practice tests and everything, or they were, they were good, but I was really worried about time because that one um, full practice test I took took me like four hours and 45 minutes with no breaks at all. And I just thought, you know, well, it doesn't matter if I can do well, if I can't finish it in time. And, um, you know, you reminded me to think about everything that I've overcome to get to this point. And I was like, you know what, he's right, I need to think about everything I have overcome. This is just one small hurdle, even though it seems really large at the time, it is in the big scheme of things, just one more hurdle that you have to get over one more final hurdle and reminding myself, of how far I have come and and all the things that I went through and the failure and yeah just reminding myself of everything that I have overcome and I just thought you know this is just one more thing that I have to do like I can do it if I've done all this other stuff and and I you know going through all these other things I've learned that you know just because someone's you know like they at the first school they were like you are dismissed and made it seem as if I couldn't like I had no future in the field of OT, just reminding myself, like, just because one school or institution says that doesn't mean it's true. Like you can keep going no matter what. And just because you don't pass on the first try doesn't mean that you're not a good therapist. You know, all this extra experience that I've gained, I've just seen how, how it's only helped me more. Like it's only helped me be a better therapist.
0: I agree. I think the The shocking part was when the school told you about, you know, this profession may not be from you, basically, like I would feel very upset, uh, and and make me probably make me even feel like I'm not I shouldn't even pursue this profession. But what led you to continue on?
1: It definitely is a little off putting when someone tells you something like that, and you get dismissed from a program because you didn't make good enough grades. But but I think you know it was so stressful for me that a part of there was a part of me that was just a little relieved to just kind of have a break from it, you know, to to get out. And then I thought, you know, if this is something I think I want to do, I mean, that's part of the reason why I got the job at the hospital. One of my classmates had actually worked in a very similar job, or maybe she, I, I can't remember. She might have even worked at the same place and said you should you should look into getting this job and so I kind of got that job for the experience but also to confirm that I was headed in the right direction you know that this was what I wanted to do and it confirmed that for me and gave me you know the extra experience that I needed
0: so you had to basically take the board exam twice essentially
1: yeah in a way yeah
0: man that's rough (laughs) you know, with this OT board exam, you know, oftentimes, it tends to affect people's emotional and mental health, and their well being. Did you feel like this board exam affected you mentally or or, or emotionally when you were preparing for it?
1: Yes, definitely. I mean, it's really stressful. You know, it's, it's a really, it's expensive to take. And it's stressful, because it's, there's a lot of things that it covers. And, and it's also long. So just even just sitting down focusing on something that's challenging for four straight hours is is grueling, you know, and it's it can make you anxious. I kind of feel like it was a little bit of a roller coaster for me. Like some days I'd be doing practice questions. I'm like, yeah, I'm doing so good, like I'm doing great. I got this. And then and then I would do like. I, I remember I was doing practice questions one day and I gotten like 10 of them in a row, right? And I was like, yeah, like I got this. And then I kept going and I kept getting like more and more wrong. And I was like, I just need to stop for the day because <laughs> maybe I'm just tired, you know. But but I think it, you know, there were days where I was like, yeah, I got this. And then other days I was like, I don't got this. Like, I don't know what to do. Like yes.
0: <laughs> That's very Um, common. Yes, absolutely. I think I I think a lot of people go through that as well, including myself, where there were times when I would be doing really good on certain questions. And the next day, I'm like, what the hell, I'm getting all these questions wrong. And, and then you start to second guess yourself.
1: You know, I had the NBCOT study pack, and I did, you know, the pretest, and I, I had made like, technically a passing score on that. And then on my, um, like the practice, there's like I think it's like a hundred multiple choice questions that you can practice on and that'll give you a scaled score. I did fine on that. I was many points over the passing, what I needed to pass. And then I was even, you know, I scored about the same on the full practice exam. And so even though I had done well on my score, I was still like flipping out because I was like, that took me four hours and 45 minutes. Like, how am I going to finish the real exam in time? You know? So it's funny that, you know, I thought that by making a good score, I would feel like super confident about it, but I was really worried about my time and, um, you know, in, in the tutoring session I had with you, like you were, you were good encouraging me, you know, emotionally and mentally, but also you gave me some good pointers on, you know, like time management that I, that I, I used and I was able to finish with, I think I had like 10 minutes left over that I looked over questions. I had flagged at the end that I still didn't know the answer to when I got to them, I was like, (laughs) yeah, I still don't know the answer to these, like no clue. Yeah. So
0: I think oftentimes like you and I, where basically um, we tend to have like a roller coaster where sometimes we do feel like we're doing really good and then we do another practice test and now all of a sudden we're not doing as good as we thought we were. And like you said, like, a lot of students, when they do practice tests on the exam, um, on the board exam, you know, they they want to score pretty high, like a 460 or 470 feel like I have a shot at passing. But it's a, it's it's I think you mentioned an, an important detail where even though you felt like you did really good on your practices, there was still some sense of fear or anxiety about whether or not you were ready for the exam, because for you, it was the time aspect of it. And then for other people, it could be still like that fear of, okay, well, I've heard other people doing well in the practice test, yet they still failed. And so there's yeah. that that constant fear about it. So what helped you stay more positive when you were stressed out or anxious about the time aspect of it?
1: You know, I, especially like during the test, I, I just, like, I just, I didn't let myself um, go to that place of like freaking out, like, you know, where you're like, Oh, no, like, I don't have time. Because actually, in the first hour, I think my goal was to get through the clinical scenarios plus 20 multiple choice. And I was about five questions behind um, after the first hour. And I was like, Okay, I'm not gonna freak out. I'm just gonna try to try to, you know, like, I have a tendency to dwell on things, or I'll like, read a question, and I'll way overthink it. And I just tried to not let myself do that. I tried to um, focus on reading each question one time, or, you know, at least each time I did read it, I'd focus on paying attention to it. Cause I noticed when I was doing the practice, test, I'd read a question. I'm like, Oh man, I didn't, I didn't even pay attention to that. I don't even know what it said. So if I did go back, I, I really focused on just reading the question and paying attention to it the first time. And then, you know, if I needed to read it again, to go find more information, I would, um, Um, So I did read them a couple times. I made sure that each time I was reading them, I was actually paying attention to it. Just not letting any unknown information that came up during the test. I didn't let that. I was like, this is not going to shake me. You know, I, I have studied the best that I can. I, you know, like there's nothing I can do at this point to Gain more knowledge. Like I have studied the best of my ability up until this point, and I'm just going to give it the best shot I can give it.
0: And I think you brought up a good point about how there might be some questions that you may be tested on where you may not know exactly what the answer will be. Like there's so there's so much you can do as far as studying the material goes and all the content you have to go over, but there's always that one question you're like, oh my, yeah. goodness, I have no idea <laughs> what this is about. <laughs> and I think that's one thing that a lot of students get scared on is they see a question, they're like, oh, I didn't really study too much about this topic. But what I always tell them is you can always, and I think you can agree with this, you can always try to eliminate at least some of the answer choices. Um, yes. At least some, or at least maybe even one, um, and then take an educated guess. So you're right. Don't let that get to you. And and I, I totally agree with, with that. I wanted to ask you though, um, most people tend to have a lot of difficulty knowing where to even begin studying i I think a lot of people there's no like structure there's no roadmap where it kind of lets you know okay this is what you got to do when it comes up to studying for the board exam most people rely on going to the aota facebook group to kind of get an idea of what other people are doing um, as far as preparing for the board exam so what did you do to help you navigate as to what resources to use and what resources not to use?
1: Um, so I didn't have the most organized studying method, um, <laughs> but um, this is kind of what I recommend. I I think a lot of times people start out going over like each topic, you know, like spinal cord injury, upper extremity, um, PEDS, mental health, you know, all those that are on the AOTA PDFs. And there's nothing wrong with that but I think you know you can get overwhelmed by the amount of information and also it can be overwhelming like well how much of this do I actually need to know Um, and so I kind of recommend maybe not I don't know obviously each person's going to be you know unique and have what works for them but as far as what I did and I did this for my CODA exam also I really started with just practice questions, like doing some practice questions, seeing how you do with those, just so you can get used to the questions, get used to how they're worded. You can, you can notice um, certain topics that keep coming up that maybe you don't feel as comfortable or confident with um, and doing some of those first and then, and then kind of going from there and reviewing some of the stuff that maybe you don't know as well, or you're having trouble remembering, or maybe you always miss questions about that one. I mean, that's, that's all I did for my CODA exam is I just did straight up practice questions. And then I would go over things that I, I didn't, um, that I didn't know, or wasn't as confident in. I studied a, a lot more for my OTR exam, definitely. But, um, you know, and I did a lot of practice questions. So I think, um, and also I did, um, so I did the NBCOT study pack, which I would recommend because those questions seem to be the most similar. Um, and then AOTA, um, they their study pack is really good because they have tons of clinical scenario questions um, that you can practice. And then also just other practice questions Um, and you can see the rationales. And then I went, I didn't get the purple book, but some of my classmates did. And so we would actually do questions together. Like we would do about 10 and we would answer them on our own. And then we would look up the answers and then we would talk about the ones that we missed. And that really helped me too to to discuss with my classmates, you know, why we thought that answer was right or wrong or and then I did tutoring sessions with you. You really helped me. Uh, break down the question. Cause I think a big thing to remember is that this exam is more about textbook, not always totally the same as real life.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I definitely agree with that. So whatever you see (laughs) in field work sometimes doesn't translate to what they ask you as far as test questions go. And you're absolutely correct. I think a lot of people, when it comes to preparing for this exam, there's just so much information, like there's a lot of resources out there. And I think people don't know where to even begin. So I think you you make a good point about, well, maybe you should start off with doing practice questions and seeing what topics you're struggling with and prioritizing those topics. And um, and if you have someone that you can that you feel comfortable working with, like one of your classmates that you know of that's willing to help, I think that will make it seem like you're not alone in this. Cause I think oftentimes people feel like, you know, they're alone in this battle and there's journey that they have to go through. But in reality, if you have a class that's going through a similar situation, if you feel comfortable talking to them um, and you guys can break down questions together, I mean, that really helps out a lot tremendously cause you're not just getting, you know, your perspective, you're also getting their perspective as well. And that really helps you you know, realize, Hey, I never thought about it that way. Or I never thought about the words in that question. So this test is just, it's all book-based. It's all book-based answers. And it's not so much about you trying to memorize every little detail. And I think a lot of students, they're like, there's so much information. What do I need to study? What do I need to do? And there's just so much information. And I, I, I was overwhelmed and I'm sure you were too, um, but like you said, focus on the questions and let the questions pretty much guide you as to what you need to focus your studying on. And I think that's a really, um, important thing to remember about. And
1: Yeah. And also I was going to say also watching the YouTube videos, um, that are out there like OT Miri and I think OT Rex, and then there's another OT exam prepper podcast, I I would listen to those and I would actually, like, I recommend kind of like, if you're studying, you know, like the developmental milestones, watch, like, watch OT Mary's video on the developmental milestones and then go watch OT Rex's video on it and then listen to the podcast about that. So you're getting it in three different ways. um, And it kind of helps you generalize the information a little bit better. Or maybe, you know, one of them said one thing that helps you remember, like the like one of the developmental milestones and then then somebody else says something else that helps you remember another one better um so yeah that kind of helped me because it you know gave me repetition but also in a engaging but interesting way too so
0: yeah i agree and i think that's another thing too is there's so many resources out there not every resource is best for everyone. And, and I think yeah. you brought up a good point is like, if you're the kind of person that's more visual, OT Miri does a wonderful job when it comes down to explaining concepts. And OT Rex also does a really good job as well. So you can use their YouTube videos. And if you're more of an auditory learner, um, you know, OT prepper has these amazing mnemonics that helps to remember certain specific subjects and that and and everyone's learning style is different so i agree try out what exactly what learning style works best for you and utilize it and not really be focusing on what other people are doing but rather focusing on what works best for you so i wanted to ask you what final piece of advice you would give to others who have not passed the exam
1: i would say don't give up and don't believe those lies that you're not going to be a good therapist because that is not true at all. This, this exam is just, is just one. You just, it's just a number, you know, you just need that number to, to be able to get your, your certification. So you can get a license and practice. It doesn't mean it doesn't, it doesn't reflect the kind of therapist you'll be. And I would say, you know, don't give up because you can't let this one exam be the thing after you've gone through all the schooling you've gone through, all the sacrifices you've made to to graduate and everything to get to this point. You don't let this one exam stop you from doing, you know, what you know in your heart you're supposed to be doing. And just remember that by not giving up you're going to be able to use that you know that perseverance to hopefully encourage one of your patients one day who is going i mean everybody we work with is is we're seeing them because they are they are trying to gain more independence you know they're they're trying to overcome something so you know don't let this exam stop you because because if you do, then how are you going to help your patients, you know, in the future? And, yeah. and it doesn't remember that it doesn't define you like it, it does not define you at all.
0: <laughs> yeah. And that's that's a and that's very important. I think your story about what you had to go through. I mean, the fact that your school told you that maybe this profession may not be for you simply because you didn't meet the GPA requirements. I mean, you showed them (laughs) like you had, you basically showed them that you're more than capable of it. And I think, um, like you said, don't let that get to you. Don't let it get to you. If you fail the exam, don't let that get to you. That doesn't mean that you're not going to be a good therapist. If anything, like you said, Rachel, um, it made you grow as a person. And if anything, it actually makes you a better therapist because now you know that it, yes, it takes a lot to get where you want to be in life and it takes Mm -hmm. a lot of hard work, but once you get there, you can actually help others in need. And like what you had to go through, Rachel, with all of your experiences, the fact that the school, like you were dismissed from the school, you went to work for a period of time, then you applied for the CODA program, you passed that, and now you pass the OTR exam. I mean, it goes to show how much you've, you know, how much you've gone through as far as your journey goes. But I think it's also worth it because now not only are you showing other people about and and telling people about your story, but you're also kind of letting them know like, hey, it wasn't easy for me, but I managed to pull through and so can you. So I think everything that you had to go through, I think made you the person that you are today. And I hope that that really inspires all the individuals who are studying for the exam and uh, to feel motivated that they too can do can succeed and achieve what they want to be so I really appreciate you being part of this podcast Rachel I really do <laughs> yeah
1: thank you uh,
0: and I think you're going to be helping a lot of people more than you know and um, you should feel very proud of that and I'm definitely very proud of you to be part of your journey um, to help you as much as I can but at the end of the day really, I mean, props to you um, as far as your successes and what you've achieved. And I can't wait to hear more about what you plan to achieve in the future too. So keep up the good work and hopefully we stay in touch. Yeah. So stay tuned in to my next episode. Um, I will be interviewing another individual to kind of share their perspective. And thank you again, Rachel. I really appreciate it.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure and yeah. Just hang in there. You can do it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, indeed. All right, guys. Love you guys. Bye-bye.